Hey everybody, welcome to the Rock Pile Talk Pile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. I'm Zach, otherwise known as username Zach17. I'm John, jfoster15. I'm Jack, uh, user slash underbubble. And joining us is Sam. Yep, I am Sam, <laughs> like the movie. Uh, and you can find me on Reddit at, at Stompy33. Mm. Cool. Uh, thanks for joining us today. We've got Absolutely. an interesting uh, topic called the rest of the 2019 Colorado Rockies season. Yeah, we finally uh, uh, did the thing where we um, made our 25-man roster like most people do at this point in time. Yeah, I guess most people do do that. Sam, what excited you about this spring training? Um, to see I, some guys separate themselves, I guess. So uh, obviously, uh, there was some skepticism around Ryan McMahon and see how he was doing. He absolutely raked this uh, spring t- training. Um, Abby Greer. <laughs> um, well, I I really like that uh, John Gray looked like he's coming around. Um, I really like him to for some positive regression this season, and he definitely showed some stuff this spring training as well. It's interesting. So we've, we've made the rotation now. Um, it was just announced. Uh, we got, we got Freeland Marquez and then it's Anderson, then gray. And then I believe it's Bettis now. How do you feel about that, John? Um, I mean, last pod, you and I talked about how I abdicated for Jeff Hoffman to be the fifth starter, uh, due to his upside, um, I thought he had earned that right this spring. Um, I totally get wanting the more consistent person in Chad Bettis to be um, the fifth starter over Jeff Hoffman. I just thought with um, Bud Black saying that they only viewed Hoffman as a starter, that he would be winning the job based off of how its spring has gone. Um, otherwise, I'm happy. Freeland opening seems like the right move to make. Marquez second. Uh, I did think it was interesting going Tyler Anderson third, but I'm not sure how much of that is left, right, left, versus if they view Anderson as a better starter than John, which I don't. I'm with uh, Sam, where I expect John to have a really good year this year. Here's what I like about it. Um, your second guy, Marquez, is like one of the best strikeout men we've seen in Rockies uniform since Ubaldo. And then you got Anderson, who's like he's got to nip those corners, and then you go back to Gray, so it's like a completely different um, kinds of pitching. And I think right, left, right, left. Well, and, and, and that's a valid point. I mean, it, if you look at it like, oh, we want to go with a different guy, like in a game, but this is just in a in a series, so you're you're not letting guys get comfortable with the type of pitching they're seeing. Yeah, I think that's a good point because if you go from Marquez to Gray, you're going power pitcher who does fastball slider to power pitcher who does fastball slider back to back. So I guess that does make sense. Um, I think of note with Tyler is he's got he's developing that cutter, so it's going to look fastball slider then cutter changeup and then fastball slider again. You know, it's been um, great, but surprising. That's super surprising, stream, but I've enjoyed it. Um, again, spring training strats don't matter, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Chad Bettis has 13 strikeouts and 16 innings pitched. 
I know it's not like over a strikeout an inning, but that's more than I would have expected from him. I mean, he did go to driveline this winter, um, which so did Brian, Sean, Jake McGee, and we can talk about those results <laughs> later. Um, so it, it might be that he untapped something that he maybe didn't know he had or a pitch sequence that um, he thought would work better and maybe it did. Or it's maybe he was just hitting against quadruple A guys and who knows. That's the unbeauty of, or the ugliness of spring training. The unbeauty. Unbeauty the is un-beauty. not a word. Like That's that. the title of the episode. The unbeauty of spring training. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just for listeners t- to get an idea of what type of quote-unquote strikeout pitcher Chad Bettis is, he averages 6K per nine, which is not prolific by any means. So No. I mean, what, 13 strikeouts in 16 innings is going to be a little higher than six. Oh, yeah. I, I would have, to, I'd have to do the math, yep. I don't know. Um, how, any other thoughts on Chad Bettis versus, uh, versus Hoffman? I, I, I think I agree um, with John just because... Hoffman has the upside, the strikeout upside, but as a fifth starter, I think you're wanting more of that um, consistency on the back end, and we we just haven't seen it from Hoffman in, what, the past two seasons? Mm. Past three seasons, really? So, I mean, not that, like, these we need these prolific fifth starters, but, yeah, I, I mean, give me a guy that's going to get – Give you and and we'll see because he hasn't done it the last two seasons. But give, if if Bettis can give us like a below four or five ERA, um, I think they have a chance to win on those days, especially with this lineup. Um, and I just don't know what to expect from uh, Hoffman. Also, um, what I feel is so Chad Bettis say he has like a meh game. You know, he goes like. Four four or five and gives up like four or five earned runs you're like well damn this is this is a chad bettis game he's not always going to be great or something but he usually gives us some consistency i guess we'll have to have a bullpen game who's up next kyle freeland like quality starts out Mm -hmm. the wazoo just i think that kind of also goes to protection whereas i mean i guess this you could say the same thing about jeff hoffman then for that argument where he's like, oh, he didn't do well and he gave up a whole bunch of runs. But, I don't know, he, he already has given up more runs. Like, Jeff Hoffman did lose the battle this spring by by eight earned runs. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that we're not seeing about Jeff Hoffman is the stuff under the hood looks really good. I mean, the strikeouts are up. The velocity is definitely up. Um, I don't know if anyone... Uh, listening, got a chance to catch the game on Thursday, but he was throwing uh, anywhere from 95 to 99 even, which is a massive improvement. It's something we kind of thought we were going to get when we uh, traded uh, or we got him in the two whiskey deal. Um, but he had an opponent average of 250, only gave up two home runs. The question is, where are these, you know, all these earned runs coming from? And I think it's just a lot of unluckiness. Like, again, something that we saw on the Thursday thing was he gave up, you know, a ground ball to, uh, to para ground ball to, two other Giants hitters that nobody knows, and then he gave up a monstrous home run to uh, Solarte. Um, so it's just kind of these little mistakes compound, um, kind of like uh, John Gray. So I think, you know, Bud Black seeing that, he might see, I mean, I'm sure the Rockies have 
you know, the same advanced stats that we do. But, you know, when you've got Bettis, who is also looking good under the hood, I don't necessarily blame them for going Bettis, but they've got to know that Bettis's ceiling is a lot lower than um, Hoffman's is, and time is really running out to figure out if Hoffman is actually good or not, because um, we still don't know. Well, I think part of it is, is for the most part, Chad Bettis is going to give you a chance to win the game. He's going to give up a few more runs than... He's going to give up a few more runs like any typical fourth or fifth starter will, but judging with our ballpark and the way I think this lineup's going to hit, um, you're going to have a chance to win the game most likely. But with Jeff, sometimes he's going to go out there and throw seven innings, two runs, and sometimes he's going to go three runs and seven, or three innings, seven runs, and you're not going to really have a chance to win the ball game. I think that might be the deciding difference is you know Chad on most days is going to give you a chance to win the game. Which is weird because I can remember a game specifically where Bettis gave up 10 runs to the Pirates. Oh, we don't talk about Yeah, last year. It was like, it was <laughs> like the two days that. before my birthday and I remember going like, oh, it's a Bettis start. You know, how bad is this going to be? And then the freaking Pirates, like of all teams, batted around. I was like, cool. I love this. Wavy transition into the whole kind of not quite starter, not quite bullpen people. You know, Antonio Senzatella, what's his deal? So right now he has a blister on his heel um, that limited him towards the end of spring training. Um, he is starting to throw off of a mound again. But Bud Black did mention that he was the seventh starter, which means that Jeff Hoffman is now the sixth starter, which means Hoffman passed Senzatella on the proverbial depth chart. And he said something crazy with the eighth starter, right? Peter Lambert. Peter Lambert. Oh, Peter. Yep. I don't think Peter Lambert is ready for the MLB. Well, neither was he's... Sam Howard, but we brought him up last year, too. That was our eighth starter last year. Sam what? Howard's an eighth starter? Ham Sauer. Yeah. Well, we used him as a bullpen guy, but <laughs> he was, he was <laughs> the eighth starter. Well, I think Lambert's crafty enough to where he could like crafty. be okay in there. He wouldn't be great, obviously, but I think he'd be okay. Um, Crafty Lambert. But I'm just not – yeah, I am i don't think he's ready for his full potential yet, obviously. Speaking of, like, ways of trying to be crafty because maybe you don't have the things you used to have because you may be getting old, how about that Rockies bullpen? <laughs> Yay. Yeah, <laughs> Sam, let's hear them hot takes. Oh, there's no hot takes. Oh, I none. mean <laughs> – Lukewarm? Are they even lukewarm? Oh, yeah. Can we no. Get some lukewarm um, takes? You have what? <laughs> you you have one guy that I really trust at this point. I mean, I guess Oberg's there, so Oberg better than um, Otto last and year. Then, and then, oh my God, I'm losing people. Um, so Shaw got Shaw, better. Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah. Okay, we'll see. I mean, so Shaw gave gave up a 325 average uh, again. This is spring training. Take things with a grain of salt. But Shaw was mediocre, which is that better than last year? That's Probably. an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I have a feeling they are gonna hurt uh losing Otto. Mm-hmm. Um Oh hasn't looked that great this spring either. Yeah. Well and terrible. I mean He's been up and down since he left the Cardinals, really. Yeah. Um, so he was not good with Toronto. He was okay um, with Colorado. And then, 
I, I don't know. I don't know I what like, to say I about I like him. O's potential. I like O's potential more than Shaw's potential. Um, but as soon as a lefty goes in, like, if O's supposed to be your seventh inning guy, as soon as a lefty comes in a seventh inning, we're done. Right. Ha! Wait a second. Wait, I'm yeah. waiting a second. You didn't do anything. We're done. Oh, I get it. Because Mike Dunn, who looked surprisingly good in spring training, (laughs) could also come into the seventh. I thought somebody was going to finish that off, but I... I missed it. I missed it. (laughs) No. I missed it. Mike Dunn has been, I think, underratedly good. Uh, His problems last year uh, was his 9.5 walks per nine rate. Uh, Offhand, he's... Could you you say that number again, please? Uh, uh, 9.5 walks uh, per nine innings. That's really bad. That's really just, bad. That's every time he comes up, he walks a guy. Uh, he's he's uh, thrown nine innings so far this year. How many walks do you guys think he's had? Zero. He's no. at zero. Zed. Oh, and right. 11 strikeouts. Almost like we talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said they were talking about him on a Saturday game. They were like, this is the first time I've been able to make the pitch where I wanted to make it without my arm hurting. Yeah, you'd think that'd Which be something good. you'd want to like tell coaching <laughs> yeah, staff. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, whoa. That seems like a red flag right well, there. Yeah. Right. Even worse than that, he was like, man, it's been like two or three years since my shoulder's been like that. And I'm like doing math in my head. I'm like, so ever since you've become a Rocky, you've had a messed up shoulder and you've told nobody? And if that is true, he had a surprisingly good 2017 given the circumstances. Uh-huh. I mean, Maybe we need, like, a really good therapist or something for the bullpen. Like, so tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Jake McGee says, I really want to give up a prolific... No. God, no. ...given moonshot. No. Uh, Sales in yeah, the rock pop. I mean, he he looks... He looked like Jake McGee, didn't he? Boy, he looked rough. Boy, he looked rough. <laughs> well, I, it's been everything, too, with Jake McGee, right? It's not just, like, a case of... Like, oh, man, he's been unlucky. Like, I can't make excuses for him like I've made excuses for Jeff Hoffman because the velocity's there. But he's walking dudes. He's giving up, like, amazing home runs. Like, ones that, like, <laughs> you can you could only wish Nolan could hit. Um, and, like, yeah, he's... There's, like, a soundtrack behind that home yeah, run. Yeah, 2.6 home runs per nine so far this spring. I mean, obviously, small sample size, but that's... Pretty close to what he was giving up last year, which was close to two home runs um, every nine innings, which is um, not not great. Yeah, he's making me give up my bold prediction of Jake McGee odd year. Uh, I still think I'm going to make that bold prediction. We're going to get predictions just a little bit. Um, mm. A couple of, like two or three things you want to say about the bullpen, some Wade Davis stuff. Wade Davis is yeah. good. Yeah, I think this is probably Wade's last year in a Rockies uniform where he'll look good. Um, the thing he has going for him is this, his velocity is a bit down, uh, but yep. since he was a starter, he's got that four-pitch mix. Um, I really think that he's going to have a, a fine year, much similar to last year where it was 90% of the time fine, and then there was some 10% bad, and we'll probably have the same. Um, huh. I'm a big proponent in Oberg. He was better than Otto in the second half of last year. I think Oberg's going to have a really good year. Um Dunn's been surprising me, like we talked about earlier. I still think Shaw's going to be fine, mm-hmm. not good, not bad, just fine. Like high force. And I just, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think Shaw's going to be fine. Um, 
I think Russin, when he gets back from the DL, will be fine. Nothing great, nothing yeah. bad. I was actually going to ask about that because Russin last year obviously struggled. Mm-hmm. Previous two years, he was actually really good out of the bullpen. But then the pre- the two years before that, he was not good. So what Russin do you think we get in 2019? I think like a mixture of 2018 and 2017 where he's he's an older guy. Um, he relies on craftiness, which we saw with the Justin Turner strikeout in 2017. I can still remember um, that clear as day. I still remember. Exactly. That's why Such I specifically good, highlighted it. <laughs> so I think you'll get a, a weird mixture of both of them. Um, he's going to come in and shut down some rallies, and then sometimes he's going to create rallies, and it's going to be an issue. But <laughs> yeah. I, I really think the bullpen as a whole is just going to be mediocre as heck. It's just going to be like between 14th and 20th in every metric you can find, and it's just going to be fine. It's going to lose us some games. It's going to hold on to some leads. Some days it's going to look great. Some days it's going to look awful. I don't know. It's going to be a weird bullpen this year. I want to give you some um, small sample size cherry pick stats of a reliever who's going to be a top 25 reliever, one of the relievers currently. Um, Innings pitched 11.2, 14 hits, four earned runs, 13 strikeouts in 11.2 innings, an average of 0.292 against, and a whip of 1.37. Who am I talking about? I have the stats up, so I'm not going to cheat. All right, I don't have him up. I'm going to say Justin Lawrence. We haven't talked about him yet. Justin Lawrence. I'm going to say DJ Johnson. No, I'll get you his stats in a second. It's Harrison Musgrave. Who is going to make the 25. It's confirmed. I mean, it's going to be weird. I just never expect him to have a higher, like, 13 strikeouts in 11.2 innings. It's not good, but it's surprising to me. Well, the walk rate is down too, right? Five walks in yeah, 13. 13 strikeout to two walks for Musgrave. He's not going to be a great pitcher for us, but that'd be surprising. I'm sorry, two walks, not five. Yeah, 13 two. to two. And a, Lambert, on Lambert had five. Bad. So, so you get the DJ Johnson stats now? Yes, they're really because good, we're they? all mm-hmm. beard fans. <laughs> Pretty good. Nine by two innings pitched, six hits, one earned run. Three walks, seven strikeouts, 188 average against, and a .93 whip. I really feel like DJ Johnson is the quintessential argument against spending money on bullpen arms because we found him in the Mexican League. Not the Mexican Winter League, the actual Mexican League. (laughs) And he's turned out to be a good reliever. Here's my thing about the way the Rockies have spent the last few years on bullpen arms is you're, you're spending on older guys that have had some success. So Holland Davis, um, Shaw Dunn, I guess. Uh, and I, I think that's right. Is that you just need to find guys, not pay guys. 100%. We had a pod like what? Six or seven pods ago, four or five pods ago where it's like, <laughs> The Rockies decided to do this bullpen thing, and they were the last people to ever do that in the last yeah. like two years. <laughs> and because everybody's like, well, that was a dumb idea. And now the Rockies are finally doing the one thing that everybody else is doing, which is sign your guy to a huge-ass contract. Hey, better late than never, man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think we were all pretty ecstatic about that. Oh, 100%. Um, why don't we take a mini break, and then we're going to talk about the possibilities of the offense, and then after that break, we'll do predictions. Sound good? Yep. Good. 
Welcome back to the Rock Pile Talk Pile. Um, we have an update on your favorite worst Rocky that ever was in the Mexican Winter Leagues last year, or the Fall League. John, what's going on? All right, so last pod, Zach and I talked about who we thought would make the 25-man roster, and I had said that I thought Pat Vileka was going to make the roster. It is confirmed today that he will not. However, I had agreed with you, too. Yeah, and however, oh. I think that that's actually a mistake. One, his, preser- his position versatility is more than Mark Reynolds, but two, he actually had a good spring. And I feel like last spring, they set the precedent of having Mike Talkman make the team out of spring based off his spring. And Pat had a really good spring. He had a 612 slugging percentage, 892 OPS in 49 at-bats. And yet he's going to get relegated to AAA over Mark Reynolds, who had a 611 OPS, 333 slugging. And it doesn't make sense to me. I'm on John's side. What do you think, Sam? I, yeah, I don't really understand it just in terms of like the what you need on that bench. I mean, you have Desmond who can play first base. I know we don't want him there. <laughs> Relax, guys. I'm so- um we have there's so much power <laughs> don't on tell this you what team. To do, Sam. <laughs> oh. Well, what are you talking about? We love Ian Desmond. Love him. Uh. Um but yeah, I, it's I, I think I, I think the issue is position versatility. I mean, Valeka can basically play all around the infield, right? And left field. So and left field. So it. While while we always have to put that caveat, take spring training strats with a grain of salt. But it should put you, or it should give an edge to the guy who's hitting better and who. I, I I mean what is what does Reynolds really bring beyond power to this team? Veteran presence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I but I mean Valake is a veteran presence, right? Ian Desmond's a veteran presence, Daniel Murphy's a veteran Daniel presence. Daniel Murphy. Yeah. Nolan Arenado's a veteran presence. I know. I Ch- Charlie Blackman's a veteran presence. Right. I talked about it last pod. Jack, you got feelings about Mark Reynolds? Um Yeah, I mean he's kind of just like overdue for like a giant power drop off. Like he was on pace. Like I think last season to have another 40 Homer season. Um, obviously if he got regular playing time, but uh, yeah, I think at this point it's just, um, you know, what point is time going to run out? And I think his six eleven OPS is maybe obviously it's just spring, Oof. but it's a, uh, it's kind of a hint of, of things that come, right? I mean, the dude's what 35 and a half, like, yeah. you know, Time is a ticking. So, I don't know. I hope he doesn't get too much playing time. I imagine he'll be used kind of like, you know, others will be used. And I, or uh, like, uh, you know, as a pinch hitter type, I don't think he'll be taking much playing time from Daniel Murphy. Um, But I think that, you know, at what point are we going to say that, you know, maybe Valeka deserves another chance? Because he did have a good spring. I mean, the, the funny thing about Valeka, which I think really hampers him, is that his his average was 286, but his on-base percentage was actually less because um, of a sack fly, 280. And I think that's his problem is he's never, you know, had that that eye to walk. Or, and I know, I know that's not his job, but, you know, 
Pat Pavlika is essentially a duplicate of Garrett Hampson um, in terms of what he can play, except that Garrett Hampson can actually play center field. Um, so I don't know and that you actually need a Pat Flake on the roster. So either way, I think it's fine. You know? the, what's interesting about Mark Reynolds, though, is that he's basically had the best stretch almost of his career over the last three seasons, just in terms of run created plus in terms of mm. weighted on base. Wow, you're totally um, right. I didn't realize that. And that that's just kind of interesting to me because – we we just saw him more as like that power hitter, but even like he's had the three best seasons almost of his career in terms of average as well. So that that's just interesting to me, and and maybe that weighs in here. I don't know. Like I again, uh, John and I talked about it last week, and that was before we had we had different spring training strats. Again, grain of salt and everything. And I was saying, isn't it interesting that Mark Reynolds now as actually has. I guess the second most walks of anybody this spring. I mean, that was really impressive to me. And then he didn't have many hits, but all of his hits were like, um, all of his hits were extra base hits. Mm-hmm. And that was really impressive. And then I realized, and I thought, you know what? If all your hits are extra base hits and you're walking, sounds like a great pinch hitter, you know, backup first base pinch hitter person you can bring in. But I just can't abide by a 133 average. Yeah, <laughs> and seven and seventeen strikeouts in spring. That's as a forty percent K rate, by the way. That's really high. Yeah. I can't do that. That's pretty that, bad. <laughs> I don't get it. Pavlika can play first, and I know spring training stats, grain of salt, all the other junk. But if you sign Mark Reynolds to a minor league contract, you said, "Hey, you have a minor league contract. Why don't you go play in the minors until you don't have a forty percent K rate?" Or maybe they just want to relive the Jason Giambi days. Of like you're yeah. gonna get a home run every 15 at bats or something like that. What? And I think that I don't know the with signing Desmond and doing all these other things. I just thought that they they keep making these people in like Garrett Hampson and Brandon Rogers in the minors like play multiple positions. Josh Fuentes is playing third base and first base. They're having these guys play these multiple positions. And yet they're not rewarding somebody who can play multiple positions, who's had a better stretch of 30 days when you're trying to make the team. What is their aversion to just having somebody who is under 30 play first base ever? (laughs) You know, like just because you've got to be a grizzled veteran or some kind of stupid stuff like that. I mean, I understand that Ryan McMahon did just drop a ball at first base last night. Is that bad? (laughs) It was just like it was like right in the heel of his glove. That's why he's playing second base. Throw. It's cool. He doesn't have to catch the ball. <laughs> but at the same time, like, hey, why don't we think about two years from now where Garrett Hampson's either, well, I don't know, I want him in center field rather than second base, but point being, like, can't you just give the, let the kids play? Well, I just, I find it odd that they set the precedent last year with Mike Talkman making the roster out of spring because of a really good spring training. And then the next year you have a guy who's vying for a roster spot who has a good spring versus the person his main competition is, and you don't give him the roster spot. Well, I think that might be a result of learning from their lessons, right? Because Mike Talkman hit, what, 400 or something last year and then went one for 24 in April? And maybe, yeah. maybe that's the case. It just seems odd. seems inconsistent I mean, and odd. They got a good deal out of it. Did they? 
Well, they got a deal out of it. A deal. I think that's a good way to describe it. They got a deal. Ha <laughs> ha yeah. Um, Jack, you had some thoughts about the outfield depth after it's training Mike Talkman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jack's hot take. I did. I did get downloaded for this, so it is a hot take. But um, I mean, let's let's pull up the uh, let's pull up the old depth chart here. So after you have Tapia. Your next best outfielder is who? Garrett Hampson, kind of, if they use him like that. Then it's who? Which I think they should. And that's Hilliard. where you run into problems is because Sam Hilliard sucked in Wait, double A. And mediocre. He was mediocre. Let's get this right. Uh, okay. Well, the point is he's not ready. <laughs> he won't be ready until 2020. And I'm looking at like this year, right? And then you have Noel Cuevas, who is worth minus 1.5 baseball reference war which is really Ooh. bad. And I think he kind of slid under the radar with how bad he was bad because he, was. he hit 233, which is like, you know, it's bad, but it's not like, holy shit. Um, Mendoza yeah, he had an on-base percentage of like 270. That was the problem. Um, he did have that one hit against the Giants, though. That was cool. Yeah, he did. When, and, then, when, uh, and there was that Mariners game, too. Yeah. Yeah, that triple. Yeah, that's the thing is that he he's yeah. somehow slid under the radar. But when that, when Noel Cuevas... Assuming you're taking Garrett Hampson out of the picture, is your fifth best outfielder? You have like outfield death problems, and Zips seem to think that Mike Talkman, if given a realistic shot, um, is at least an average major leaguer. I can't remember what his um, exact projections were, but it was like between one or two WAR, and it was like, oh, okay, let's just give that guy away, even though that is far and away the weakest part of our organization. I don't know. Wait, so where are we? I mean, where are you sticking Ian Desmond here then? He's our center fielder. Uh, yeah, he's well, no, but fielder. I meant like, I, but I meant in terms of like, so you basically have what? Well, I guess Noel Cuevas is on. Never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> I just, I just read it again. Well, no, so I, are we gonna I, are we I gonna do the you. Cuevas versus Desmond discussion? Because that's a riveting discussion. I'm sure that everyone wants to hear. <laughs> Dude, if you extrapolate Cuevas's numbers over like a full season, he had Chris Davis. Uh, like war production, so like not, okay. not Chris Davis okay. with a C, C, C Chris Davis, yeah, C Chris Davis, yes, okay. very yes, well, so crash depth extremely terrible. Sure, but here's where the outfield depth problem gets worse. So you know who made the 25 ro- man roster, guys? Rymotopia. Do you know what we can't do with Rymotopia? Anything. Send him to the minors. Yeah. So if he's not good, we're stuck with him. And we can't use him as like, oh, man, you're not even serviceable as an average like replacement guy because your defense is weird and you can't steal bases at all. Zero stolen bases. Pisses me off. And this is an even bigger problem when you realize that David Dahl is made of glass. So yeah, if, if, that, that's what I was going to bring yeah, up. Yeah, if Rymel Top – I mean, Charlie hasn't had much injury problems besides the fact that he played through an injury the entire uh, 2018. But David Dahl has not played more than like 110 games. So right. – at what point are you, you know, you're going to say, man, <laughs> like, why did we get rid of a guy who is projected by Zips to have a WRC plus of 96, which granted is not good, but it's not bad. That's Mike Talkman, by the way. Uh, 1.9 mm-hmm. war. Like, I don't know why you would get rid of that guy when, you know, if, if Tapia is bad. Then you're gonna you're gonna need someone like that, As someone who can come up and you know hit reasonably well. And we we don't know that he could do that, but 
Um, well, and I think something to mention is is that he still had minor league options. So you got yes. rid of him to clear a space on the 40-man, whereas you were already clearing that space with Tom Murphy, which you DFA'd today. You could have cleared that space with Ryan Maltapia getting rid of him, who both of those guys don't have any minor league options left. And you sent him to an organization which, in my opinion, is one of the best-run organizations. They are one of the most analytically forward-looking organizations, Uh and they were looking at a guy and wanted him. So I'm not a GM. I'm not Jeff Breidich. But if I were a GM and the Yankees or the Astros or the Dodgers called me about a player, I would immediately start thinking about that player in a different light. Like John Gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I just find it – I find it odd that it was the Yankees and it was a guy that was not out of minor league options that they were willing to deal. And he made the 25 man. He's he's their fourth yeah. outfielder. Talkman is the Yankees fourth pretty outfielder. Weird. Yes. It's pretty weird. And you got a double A lefty pitcher who may have been good, but if you think about like we had that whole pitching upside episode where like, you know, some of the guys in our bullpen actually aren't that bad. I mean, we only had one like lefty coming up. Was that Bowden? Ben I think? Bowden. Bowden? Who is so yeah. good. Yeah, but at the same – I mean, so maybe we were low on lefties in the bullpen that are coming up and we're shifting our, our stuff. But my other problem with this whole thing is now that Mike Talkman is in her fourth, it makes me think, again, why isn't Pat Valleca the um, on the 25-man instead of Mark Reynolds? Because Mark Reynolds can do one thing where Pat – well, Pat Valleca technically could play outfield and Garrett Hampson could technically play outfield. And so you have all your terrible corner outfielders there if you needed to. Mark Reynolds is not ideal in this situation anymore if he's not going to be that good. Yeah, that's I, I, that was another thing I was going to bring up is you you basically shot yourself in the foot twice there where you get rid of a, what, fifth outfielder basically, uh-huh. and then you don't bring on a guy who can actually play outfield. So it's just you got to wonder what they're thinking with that move. And now that he's on the roster, you know how much harder it's going to be to push him off? Oh, yeah. Like, when he's not performing, and he doesn't have that much time anyway, so he's going to, like, have, like, a pinch hit appearance in, like, you know, a week and a half, like, once, and then maybe play one game on, like, a Thursday and another pinch hit appearance here and there. And, like, well, he's not doing anything. Like, oh, he hasn't enough time left. Three months later, you've wasted all this time. Assuming that Mark Reynolds is going to keep up his pace of too many strikeouts and not hitting the ball. Well, I think that... That's one of the things is they're going to have to have short leashes with these guys, with Jake McGee, with Brian Shaw, with Mark Reynolds. Very short. I don't for think Jake. they know how to do that. I don't think they know how to do that. They're going to in um, as much as uh, Golden Lance made a good point the other day in our sub where he said, um, you know, they didn't. There's a couple people who didn't make the playoff roster, and that kind of indicates that they will have short leashes, especially so. for pitching. I think that you know people kind of conflate Bud Black's overall preference for veterans as like an overarching thing. But I think we've seen the past. I mean, he gave Shaw granted a a fairly big leash, but there was one game in Arizona. I remember where, I mean, I think he got demoted out of like the eighth or seventh inning role pretty soon. I got to say it was like May or something when Bud Black was just like, you're our garbage time guy. Um, Well, and I think that's, mm. that's what we have to keep in mind with Mark Reynolds is, is, if, like Zach said, he's not going to get a ton of time, if he doesn't do anything with those times, is he someone that 
they'll just move on from. They're not paying him any money. It's not going to cost them anything to DFA him. It's going to cost him a million dollars, which is But nothing. you could have kept him in the minor league because that's what his contract was for, and then keep moving the lake up and down. Yeah, so I think Mark will have a very times. short leash, and he'll have to show up with those opportunities. If you think about the short leash thing, though, how many games did we play last year in the regular season? Uh, 163. 163, all because we probably lost one game because we didn't have a short enough leash. Yeah, Perhaps. but I mean, you also, who who really predicted that that bullpen was going to be as bad as it was? Probably Zips. I don't, think, uh, there, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but speaking of predictions, that's what we're about to do after this break. Speaking of predictions, we forgot to predict that we weren't going to talk about Tom Murphy. So here's talking about Tom Murphy with Jack. Yeah, Tom Murphy, uh, the guy who got uh, thrown onto waivers um, today. So it's official that your tandem is now Ionetta and um, Walters and the days of Tom Murphy have come to an end. Uh, which I don't really like because Walters had an option. But uh, here's here's how Tom Murphy did. Um Batting average of 250, on base percentage of 323, slugging of 607 this spring. And granted, you know, he's we've seen these kind of numbers in the past, but um, unfortunately they decided to move on from him. Uh, the one thing I think I do like about Tom Murphy this spring, which, you know, they asked him to cut down the strikeouts, uh, nine strikeouts and 31 plate appearances. That's, that's high 20s, but, you know, what are you going to do? That's still Trevor Soria's numbers. Um, Look at that OPS though. That OPS of nine thirty, pretty high, man. And we've been we've been clamoring, we've been asking for pitchers or sorry, our catchers to produce more. And Tom Murphy's like, I could do that. And the Rockies were like, uh, no thanks. Um, so you're kind of gonna have to uh, rely on Tony Walters figuring it out, I guess. I don't know. Uh, that's fun. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, and Sam, the waivers thing, sorry. he's probably going to get picked up. So at this point, you can say that the uh, Tom Murphy era has come to an end. Rest in peace. <laughs> well, and Zach and I talked about it last pod where I said they should reach out to teams that are purposely losing. Kansas City just lost Salvador Perez. Reach out to them. Miami. They just traded Jorge Alfaro away. Chicago. Wait, they have literally they no catchers. Jorge Alfaro? I'm sorry. They traded JT Real oh. Muto away and got Jorge Alfaro. I'm yeah, sorry. What? You want to talk I about tanking? Up. We're not actually playing with catchers. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's somebody that it's he's a guy that's got enough cachet with his pop where you could see a rebuilding team taking a chance on him to try it out. So I don't know. I think that there's a chance that they get something in a trade for him, very minimal return but i think they'll get something for something him. yeah we'll see i mean the rockies could have done a lot more at catcher but at the oh, same yeah. time they did sign nolan Arenado and daniel murphy I, it's not the worst offseason we've ever had well and and i'll give them this like I, i'm also a cardinals fan and Ooh. they I have to give respect I, now <laughs> 
But the Cardinals, I mean, with Molina, they they basically said, you know, he's the best, and I'm not my I am not comparing Walters or Ionetta to <laughs> to Molina. Yeah, I was wondering where, <laughs> where we're going with this. The, but the point Walters was better. they they were like he's good enough at at the defensive defensive position that it doesn't matter that he's hits. Now, I don't think they're that good, but this lineup is strong enough in my opinion, I guess, that that catcher hole isn't that bad. And I could see that as with Dan, with the addition of Daniel Murphy with um Chuck not being in such a defensive demanding position. Well, and I and think like with Dahl, I mean, if Dahl can stay healthy, I feel better about this lineup. What's say what one through six, one through seven, maybe. I'd prefer them resting Dahl a whole lot. You know, even if he's hot as heck, you know, just rest him here and there. Oh yeah, like some weird, not platoon necessarily, but some weird playing time where you get Tapia and Dahl. Sunday baseball. Oh, are we going to C Squad? Going to C Squad on Sundays. Nice. Good old Jim Tracy or Walt Weiss. Jim Tracy. Jim Tracy. (laughs) We lost like, what, 17 Sundays in a row or something? Yes. Wait. I wasn't a Rockies fan back then. What happened? Uh, Jim Tracy would put out like literally the, the worst, worst lineup you could people. possibly yep. put out on every Sunday, and we lost like we every like single five, Sunday for a year and a half. I think we had like five wins on Sundays. Yeah, it was bad. That's how you rest but your anyways, guys. <laughs> yeah, you rest your guys. but you can rest your guys and not do that kind of stuff. But yeah. who could have predicted that? <laughs> but speaking of predictions, um, do you guys wanna? We got what? We only have like ten predictions from the thread, you know. Uh, yeah, it was not very lively, guys. Pick it up. Heck yes, I think I also got kind of lost in all the, you know, Helton goatee stuff. Um, let's start with guns held highs prediction, which uh, I'm just going to summarize as a uh, 91 and 71, and we won the NL West. K-Free getting a 2 ERA and 20 wins? Really? <laughs> Nolan <laughs> Trevor getting 40 home runs. Uh, Rymac getting 285, 355, 510. 32 home runs. I don't know if it is 32. Wade gets 47. Um, and... Okay, we don't win the World Series anyway. Yeah, he did not predict us to win the World Series. So, I mean, it was a... Big, big prediction, but you didn't pick us to win the World Series. So, like, what's up with that, bro? Yeah, I, I it, it's nice to think we could. I don't think ninety-one wins the, the West. And what, what number would you put on it? Win-wise, I, you know, I actually do think ninety-one to ninety-two will, um, just because. And and I saw this on one of the threads. Uh, I think it was the one talking about the um, predicted win totals going from like eighty one to eighty seven. The Dodgers, at the very most, stayed about the same. But I say they got worse, mm-hmm. losing okay. Kemp, losing um, Puig. Um, we'll see what Clayton Kershaw can do if he's healthy. We'll see if Walker Beeler can take a step forward. But the Rockies, in my mind, did get better, and I 
in terms of the lineup. And then I also think like John Gray is going to take a step forward because his peripherals were a lot better than what his ERA tells us. So I think that if he can get out of his own head, he's going to take a step forward. I think Marquez is going to take a step forward. I do think that um, Freeland will take a tiny step back, um, but that's just because he's not really a strikeout pitcher. I don't think he's going to get below a 3 ERA this season. Um, But I think the the rotation got stronger, the lineup got stronger, and the rest of the NL West is just terrible besides the Dodgers. So I do think 91 to 93 wins will, will do it. We'll win the West. Yep. This is the year. Yep. Whew. All right. Just dab um, some there off my other, forehead real quick. Yeah, there's this other crazy user. Um, Jack, you want to read what Jay Foster 15 said? Uh, yeah, this this, uh, this idiot. This, uh, <laughs> negative projection. Come on, man. This. Uh, all right, here we go. Projection systems have us right around 85 wins, which sounds about right. Boo. Uh, the hope is that the NL Central and East teams beat each other up while we feast on Arizona, San Fran, and San Diego. Thankfully, we get most of our Padres games out of the way before their super talented prospects start to come up. Uh, I think that is a really underrated point here um, because mm-hmm. the Padres always find a way to trap us. Um, like I, I remember we lost a series at home to them um, in the beginning of April last year uh, because John Gray gave up a three-run bomb to Clayton Richard. So, uh, um, oh God, I forgot about that. But, uh, yeah, that was really, I was at that game. Um, not fun. Uh, and then what else did you say? My bold, but not really bold prediction is that Grace is 2017 self, making him our second best starting pitcher. My for real bold prediction is that Ryan Mac breaks out. I'm talking a four plus win season breaking out. Ooh. Yeah. John, how really do you feel big, about Jay Foster 1-5's predictions? I'm a really big Ryan McMahon fan right now. I don't I, I'm drunk off of his spring training. And like we've said a million times, this pod, spring training stats taking with a grain of salt. I'm taking his with like zero salt whatsoever. And I'm gonna just like accept salt substitute. that I'm gonna accept that he is just gonna rake. He's gonna Let get me. consistent playing time. He's gonna rake. He's gonna play fine defense at second. Um as far as the eighty five wins, so I think it's eighty five is the baseline. I we got exceptionally lucky is not necessarily the right word, but we had some good fortune with our starting pitching depth where we really didn't have any injuries other than some weird John Gray being sent down, which wasn't really an injury. So we had seven starting pitchers make starts last year, which was by far the best in baseball. And so I think it's foolish to expect that to repeat itself. So I think that 85 wins seems like this baseline. And then, if you're beating up on Arizona and if you're beating up on San Francisco and if you're beating up on San Diego, maybe you can bump up, up towards 90. But I think 85 is like the baseline. The the contrasting thing about playing San Diego while they don't have their prospects up yet and are good is that in September we play the Dodgers after the trade deadline. Uh-huh. Are you saying they're going to trade for someone who gets them really good? I'm just saying you never know with the Dodgers. Even yeah. if they decide to like free up all this money with uh, Puig and Kemp and everything and they're not better this year and their pitching is looking kind of shaky right now, you never know what they can do. I mean, 
They're going to well, trade I think Sam made a good for... point with. I think Sam made a good point with Clayton Kershaw. He's hurt. He's not going to start the year in the rotation. Uh, Rich Hill also is going to start the year on the DL. Rich Hill, so you are, mean you mean Rich Hill is just forever on the DL? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, he came off the taking, DL to make a start. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, so they're already getting stretched thin, thin in the rotation, and there are many like myself who think Walker Buehler is going to be amazing this year, but he is going to be a second-year player. And so, like Sam said, you don't know what kind of step forward he's going to take. It could be a small one. It could be a big one. You just don't know with a second-year player like that. They do well, seem, uh, the Dodgers do seem vulnerable, which is weird to yeah. say. Well, and then, like, I mean, honestly, who's their best hitter? I mean, Seager's coming Corey off Seager. of an injury. I, love I mean, Corey I don't think Seager. that should Turner. really affect him. Um, Justin Turner's always hurt, though he's always a good hitter when he's in there. Always. But then... Then what? Cody Bellinger. Yeah. They I mean, have a slew it's of good hitters. Max Muncie, right. Jock Peterson. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, Max well, Muncie, Bellinger. I mean, uh, Kiki Hernandez is actually starting at second. Yes, yes. That guy is a great player. Which I think is a great move by them. Mm-hmm. It's just like last two years ago, it was the Austin Barnes, Chris Taylor out of nowhere. Last year was the Max Muncie out of nowhere. So who knows what they're going to do this yeah, time? Yeah, that's true. Well, they released Brad Miller, so he's off the table for OPS. It's Shane Robinson. His name's Shane Robinson. Shane Robinson is his name. Uh, Remember the name. Do you still have Andrew Tolls? Yeah, but he's away from the team right now for a personal issue, and no one really knows what that personal issue is. It's anxiety. Is it? Yeah. Okay, Mr. L.A. Well, well, I read, I read that it was anxiety. Apparently, he's dealing with like, like performance anxiety problems. So, okay. Yeah, I have that in the bedroom that's, too. Don't worry. Yeah, that, I knew that's where that was going. <laughs> um, Sam, did you uh, get the thing up? Yep, I do. You want to talk about the Vinsters weird thing? Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! So the Vinster t- says, "I'm going to predict that Ian Desmond is our best offensive player this season because I can't predict anything hotter hotter than that." <laughs> Yeah, no, that is legitimately the hottest thing you can say about the 2019 Rockies. Okay, Ian Desmond's offensive spring stats. I mean, he wasn't. He was good hitter this spring. He, I mean, he two more stolen bases than Tapia. No, sorry, Tapia did steal one base. I apologize. He got caught 25 times though. <laughs> this spring, <laughs> prove me wrong. Just prove in a day, wrong. just in but, one game. But yeah, I mean, he hit three sixty six. I mean, he hit three sixty. Desmond hit three sixty six. Had uh, over eleven hundred um, OPS. Like he hit Dude, well. And he had twelve OBT, RBIs, nine walks, six yo, strikeouts. OBT. In 51 at-bats. Yeah, I mean, he hit well, but we have come to know Ian Desmond as a terrible hitter. So, <laughs> Yeah. Did you guys uh, hear the call or see the call yesterday with uh, Hampson on third and Desmond no. at the plate? No. So uh, Hampson hit a triple to left field, my favorite kind of triple. Mm. Um, and they had Ian Desmond try to bunt three different times. I'm good. And, and the third time was a successful suicide squeeze and Desmond got onto first. Oh that that was awesome. That was like that was like that's a solid call. Because you've got Hampson's speed and you just 
practiced the crap out of that. And he, 490 OBP, you know? I mean, let's not forget he's going to be playing the most demanding defensive position in Coors Field. Yep. Good for him. Yeah. It's just, it's always kind of funny. Like, looking back at his stats last season, like, you would, if you went the traditional line, I mean, he hit, well, he only hit 236, but he had 88 RBIs, 20 stolen bases, uh, 22 home runs. Like, people would think that would be a successful season, but his weighted runs created plus was only 81. If, Which is 12 just, better than his first season. Yeah, the there you go. So, hey, he's a his great traje- counting stats guy. If he's Tra- in he's center trajectory, that's not the worst thing. I mean, it's not good, but it's not like egregious. His 81, his 81 WRC plus would have been the second lowest of any center fielder who um, qualified for the batting title, only better than Billy Hamilton. Mm. Oh. I know that off the top of my head. I didn't even have to look that up. That's a bummer. I, Why do you yeah. have to say that? I re- I I think he's got I a he's up, got man. a justice boner against Ian Desmond. I I just I wanted to see what it was, and that's what it was. Only better than Billy Hamilton is a bad thing. Yes, <laughs> not good. Um, so let's talk Desmond in center field real real quick. Uh, he has time there in the Rangers in twenty sixteen. Nine thirty one fielding percentage though. Dude, he's looked good. He's made some plays. Yeah, I mean, his oozer for the Rangers in or UZR. Sorry. Oozer. 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 His oozer for the Rangers was negative 0.8, which isn't terrible. In a very – Rangers Park is easy to hit it too. Mediocre. Um, his DRS was negative 6. Which is fine. Yeah. I mean, he's just middling. But, but yeah. I mean, that was two seasons ago. He's now, what, 33? 33 and in the biggest ballpark in yeah, I mean, But he also hasn't oh. lost any sprint speed. You can go back he in hasn't? time and check that. Well, like, That's it's good. been negligible yeah. at best. Like, a couple, like, points something. I mean, there's the other things you can say about him in center field in 2016. When you go to, like, the routine likely even inside edge stuff, the likely of 60 to 90% of, the, of likelihood of making, he only made 66.7% of. So I'm looking. So, I'm looking at. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been on Baseball Savant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking nice. at his launch angle, and I don't know if this is right. It's right. It's right. They're saying his launch angle is zero the last two yes. seasons. Yeah, oh, no, that's yes. nice. Sam. Oh dear, Sam. No, no, no. I, I get like his launch angle sucks, but like I'm just sitting here and I'm like, there's no way it can be zero. The only, only way it's worse is if he's like hacking at the ball the entire time. I mean, that's I, Eric Hosmer last doing. year was the only player who had a lower. Launch anchor who qualified for the bank. How did oh Eric Cosmer do last year? Negative one point <laughs> something. Oh we went, what was it, every week for about yes. like 10 weeks? We're like, what's Ian Desmond's launch angle? Yep. Uh, I think we like had like a mini party when it got to zero. I'm just sitting here yep. and I'm like, there's no way. That, they no. can't be counting that, right? <laughs> oh, I just have the no flattest one, swing on the face of the planet. It's fine. No one could have predicted that. Also, yeah. <laughs> I Arenado. enjoyed that Sam just found this out. Well, no, no, I like I knew it because it was just a point. It was a topic last year. I mean, I, 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 I'm more of a, um, just a guy that's reading the threads and watching, like especially John, just go after Ian Desmond's hilarious to me. <laughs> but um, mm. I, I just knew that was that was a point of 
to- or a topic, and then I didn't believe it, and then now I'm looking at it. And it's like, that well, bad. <laughs> okay. Yep. We don't adjust our hitting. We don't adjust swings, swing paths. No. It's fine. I don't know. Yeah. What if what if Daniel Murphy is what needed to happen? That's exactly what I just want Daniel Murphy to just walk up to Ian Desmond, slap him, open hand slap him, and say, listen to me, do everything I tell you to do. Whoa. Right. Have we seen anything about Ian Desmond's uh, batted ball profile this spring? No, I couldn't even tell you what it is. Well, oh, I didn't know. Oh, my God. What if the... it's changed? Then that Folks. would be a win for us. Dude, we could see 2016-era Ian Desmond, maybe. 2016 first half? First half. Yeah, yeah first half. 380 or something, 338. You do know but, he's older, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, do, do you have like any specific like batting things from spring? Besides, we just have the stats, but we don't have the. No, you hook me up. With, no, okay. Well, okay. maybe one day. Uh, let, so, what, do you want to talk about killer butter, killer butt on fly? I thought it was butterfly for the longest time, but no. Why would you it. say butt on fly? Yeah, it's butt, That's what it is. Button fly. No, no. Are you just? Are you like? Oh, All right, so that. I love this one. Username Killer Buttonfly because everybody's all upset over here. He says that Daniel Murphy wins the batting title despite being injured for the last week of the season, and then Nationals fans would be conflicted. Are they still salty about that? I wonder if they still think about they that. They are. They yeah. 100% are. Look at yeah. go to the baseball sub. Look at the DJ LeMahieu signing with the Yankees thread, and see how many Nats fans talked about it. Because there's more than two. Hmm. I'd be cool. Uh, so, do we think that Daniel Murphy will win the batting title? Because I say yes. No. Uh, I don't. Who's this competition, right? Yelich? Um, sure. I, I think Yelich is taking a step back. So, no, I don't think Yelich will be a competition. Who else is a yeah. good hit to a Corey Seager, Alex Verdugo? I mean, Verdugo. what, what yeah, happened? We did just sign... A man over thirty to play first base at Coors, so he's going to win a batting title. Oh, and he, but his swing plane—his swing plane is literally perfect for Coors Field. Uh, I think Daniel Murphy hits like three fifty and wins the batting title. That's crazy! Holy nuts. crap! I'm down for it, especially if he—I mean, he looks healthy out there. If if you've got a healthy Daniel Murphy, uh, that's what's really going to—I think. I think a lot of people are saying like 95 wins here um, and people are just, you know, saying Nato wins MVP, but I think it's going to, you know, take stuff like Daniel Murphy having a renaissance here, Ryan McMahon breaking out, Garrett Hampson stealing Ian Desmond's job when Ian Desmond breaks his foot in mid-April. Like it's going to take little things like that for the whole thing to come together. David Dahl having the breakout year he was promised because he put on, you know, a billion, what did he put on, like 30 pounds or something? Um, I, whatever uh, Taylor McGregor said. But, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take things like you this to get McGregor to that right 95, 97 threshold. Or in my opinion, uh, how many games did the 2001 Mariners win? 116. Uh, 117 wins. Nice. So, Zach, I see this username here. Um, he's got a Ryan McMahon flair. It's like Z-A-T-C-H-1-7. Do you want to read his <laughs> prediction? Um, yeah. Ryan Mack goes 290, which probably should be higher. Yeah, Ooh, got this podcast has got some... Uh, Slugging's got to be way higher Ryan than that. Mc- Ryan McMahon love on this podcast. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, Nolan Trevor both get 39 home runs, not 40. Nice. Uh, Got to go Chuck the under. apparently becomes a, a walkaholic with a crazy walk rate, but doesn't have any power anymore. Oh. Gray somehow outduels Marquez. We get 92 wins, but um, I think Desmond isn't spring training Desmond, and the bullpen isn't what it is, and we still don't get the West. So I think the hottest take of yours is that Gray outduels Marquez. Yeah, that is a steamy take, dude. Steamy hot take. But those peripherals. Yes. They were great, but so were Marquez's. Yeah. Marquez was actually a FIP. I'm pretty sure, and I think Gray was like 15th FIP. Well, and let's not forget that between baseball reference and fan graphs, they project Marquez to be a legitimate top five National League starter. It's crazy. Like, yeah, I was going to say, so Gray outdoing Marquez, in my mind, is Gray is putting up a Cy Young type season. Yeah. Mm. He had the, he always had like the thing though. He always had like the the talk about him. It's totally not going to happen, but like, I mean, it would take John Gray living up to all of his prospect type. Yeah. Which isn't, it's not to say that he hasn't to date because his 2016 and his 2017 were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Marquez has just turned into Crazy. something that I don't think anyone, even the scout who discovered him for the Rays and even the scout that discovered him for our side could ever have expected. Right. Um, you know Jeff Breidich is extra smug about that trade. He should be. The one he thing, yeah. it. He should that's be. That's the one trade he really got really well done. If he doesn't re-sign Jake McGee, that's probably the best trade in Rockies history. Yeah. yeah. And I, it wasn't – Marquez was the just kind of the player-to-be-named-later type there. Yeah. He was, he was the top. He, he was despite the, the throw, and there was a third base throw, and I thought, too. Kevin Padlow, Kevin Padlow. we sent them. Yeah. yeah. And he has been real bad. He actually yeah. got caught up um, – I saw this on Twitter where he uh, he messaged some girl like out of the blue, and then like like he was just like, "Hey, you know, you want to come over to my place? I've got, you know, something lewd." And then uh, once she didn't message him back, he was like, oh, "Okay, f-, f you." Then it's like, "Oh, shoot or shoot, man." Yeah. Well, but he he, he came at it a little scummy, it and I remember thinking like, yeah. "Oh man, don't count out Kevin." He wasn't Pablo Christian enough for our organization. Do. Yeah, it's not something I would really like endorse. Kind of like how I wouldn't endorse Arenado's ninety-seven wins. Arenado twenty-eight says ninety-seven wins. I mean, I, no. I think th- I think it would have to be perfect, almost perfect, like last year was in terms of health. You need breakouts like, from a ton of dudes too to get there. Like Jack described, like five minutes ago, where literally everything goes right. Yeah, yeah. like and, just, and uh, their ceiling's not even one. I there's no way they're going to get one seventeen. I think ninety-seven. I mean, you give me two more bullpen guys, I can maybe games? see it. No, nobody thinks that, Jack. You had that weird scenario where you were talking about it. Oh. Well, so yourself, Jeff Hoffman becomes the two starter. <laughs> you should, uh, fifth starter, baby. No, uh, he, so Arenado also says that David. Possible. Oh yeah, I, I'm, so, I, I think it's. I think it's. You have to have almost a repeat year of what Freeland did. Marquez takes that step forward. Gray actually pitches what his peripherals say. And then like guys like Dollar are healthy. Um, Hampson takes over center field type stuff. Now we're just like mixing Zach's prediction in here now. Just some crazy stuff. You know, 
Let's go less crazy. Um, Jack or John, you want to read iMac X33s? I got it. All right. You got it. Oh, this is one. Doll hits 40 bombs. Crymac hits 30 doubles. Yeah. Freeland has an ERA around three, but improves that K9 and throws 210 innings. Nolan's production is the inverse of last year. Slow start, strong finish, second in MVP voting. Mm -hmm. Dunn becomes a regular in the seventh inning. Hampson has a 400 OBP. We win 92 in wild card one. I think the, so the wildest prediction. prediction there is the doll hits 40 bombs. Right. Really, I think it's Hampson 400 on base percentage because that would require That's him crazy. to hit like 360 because he doesn't walk. I thought Hampson walked like a lot. He doesn't nah. walk. He had a lot. He's four walks and 42 at bats. He's an aggressive guy. I, if all those things happened, I think we'd have more than 92 wins. I mean, oh, yeah. last sure. year he had a 396 OBP. Granted, it was like 50 plate appearances, but. And what did he? What was his average though? 275. Oh really? Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, forget me. I, forget I said anything. Yeah, in the minors, <laughs> his, his walk rate is actually like decent. Uh, I think you might be confused with Tapia. Tapia does not walk enough. Tapia doesn't do anything enough. Uh, I didn't realize. I didn't. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, last year. Uh, in Hartford, 304 average, 391 OBP. I think it's definitely doable. He has a minors career average uh, OBP of 389. Good for you, iMac. I didn't. So. I didn't realize Dahl's ISO was that high, even through the minors. That last week, really. I mean, those eight, the seven homers in eight days. What a great when run. when he first got up here in 2016. He was like a slap hitter, kind of like Ryan yeah. McMahon has been when he first got up here. But he, like Ryan McMahon, always hit in the minors. You just need time. Mm-hmm. Maybe and now it's time. Well, and I, and, I, and I think, I mean, if we're going to, or if the Rockies are going to get 97 wins, I think that's what you have to expect is Ryan McMahon breaks out, shows us what he can do or what he did in the minors, David Dahl, Shows us what he did in the minors. Hopefully, Hampson actually gets regular at bats even in the second half of the season. Um, I, but I think that's what we what they have to rely on is those young guys. Yeah, yeah. a David Dahl breakout play. looks like six hundred slugging. I think it's doable. It could be. Uh, he definitely has the talent for it. It's it. It's never been a question about talent with David. It's always been health. Mm. Why don't we uh why don't we do like two more little predictions down here? Can we uh see a uh, little Pats? Yeah, so Pats for Patty has ninety four wins, baby. Three match of one sixty three <laughs> with the Dodgers, but this time it's at Coors Field. And our boy Kyle throws seven shutout innings to win the West. Nolan wins MVP. Ryan hits 30 bombs. Man, people are really excited for Ryan McMahon. Marquez has a sub-3 ERA and breaks his own strikeout record, Rockies record, from last year. And then we have four 20 stolen bases people. Really? And positive production from the catching spot. Who are those? So the hottest take there <laughs> is obviously the catcher. <laughs> yeah, that's the hottest take on that one. <laughs> Who are those base dealers? So, killer base. Butt on Fly says Desmond, Hampson, Charlie, and Story? Question mark? It's not going to be Chuck. Who's the who's the fourth? You I can't the have first both three. Hampson and Desmond because they're at the same position. 
because we're not going to give Hampson playing time because we like blocking our young players. Uh, hot take Daniel Murphy, obviously. I'm totally kidding. Tony Walters? Uh, are not. Yeah, I mean, he would have to get, get on get base those... enough to do 20 stolen bases, though. Oh. Got it. Just papers. <laughs> but that would also go into his positive catching production. Yeah, right. Maybe that's Tony Walters. <laughs> I mean, I could see it where, let's say, sparingly, if, if Hampson plays sparingly, he could, I think he could get 20. For sure. He's oh, if he had... If he had 350 at-bats, which is, like, more than half of, like, not much more than half of a season worth of at-bats. Right. And I, I mean, despite um, Desi's <laughs> uh, catch rate, caught stealing rate, I mean, I think mm-hmm. he could. He could steal 20. Yeah, I think he yeah. could steal 20. Didn't he do 2020 last year? He yep. is 2020 last year. Again, great counting stats, but. He was the worst 2020 player last year. I mean, it's really about finding the fourth because Story and Desmond we've seen before. Yeah. Hampson, you could easily see with his speed. It's really about finding that fourth. Well, Story is, is so much. yeah. Story is so fast. He, I don't think he goes. You know, David Dahl could do it. Yeah, there's your fourth, David Dahl. David Dahl. I you I know worry I about Story and Dahl stealing though. I really yeah. think Blackman could do it. I mean, he's had 17, 14, 12. I just don't know if you want to do it with his age if you want to send yeah. him enough to get to 20. Right. What are the rules about putting a baseball player in a hamster ball? Uh, <laughs> if it's not I don't know. the rules, then it must be let's, okay. Let's, let's ask the Atlantic League because they're willing to do literally Test anything. Test it for, for David Zoll's health. Oh, I thought we do like a bubble boy or something. Nice. Is So if, if Tony Walter's a paper boy, then Dahl's bubble boy. Nice. We figured it out. We have cracked the code of David Dahl. You think he can swing in a bubble? Full swing? Well, no. He has like little things going outwards outside of the bubble. You know? So like, oh. like in Seinfeld. Exactly. Yes, bubble boy. I love it. So, so wait, who are the moops then? The Dodgers? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> the moops. Anyway, um, Jack, what did Evan have to say? All right, Evan said, Rymac is a breakout season post four plus four and wins the overall second base role. Sounds like another prediction we had earlier. Uh, Garrett <laughs> Hampson will supplant Ian Desmond as the starting center fielder with his speed being too good to ignore. I Please. love that. I, I feel like it's going to take an injury. Um, David Which Dahl hits for, 30 wrong, plus but... home runs. Uh, John Gray returns. There's a lot of presumption in David Dahl hitting a ton of home runs. Yeah, um, people lo- people are loving David oh, Dahl. Oh, man. Uh, John Gray returns to form, has an ERA under 3.50, and becomes our number two while Marquez regresses. Uh, Kyle Freeland wins the Cy Young. Mm. Ooh. So I think most everybody is expecting Marquez to take a step forward yeah. and Kyle to take a step back. Sam had mentioned it earlier. And Evan's going the exact opposite. I like it. Well, it, it wouldn't be a good prediction start if it didn't have some hot takes. I didn't post anything in here, but my hot take is that... Uh, Jack's hot takes. What, Jack's hot takes. Tony Walters... <laughs> so then to make sure we put it in there. Yeah, my, my prediction is that now that Fangraphs has added framing, I'm guessing that uh, Tony Walters puts up three war. Man, like even them. with Framie, he was only worth one and a half the other two, two years uh, he ago. He was worth two war in 2016, and that wasn't oh, even a full season. So if you have that, 
plus maybe a little more bat. I mean, we haven't really seen much evidence of that, but apparently he's been working on it. He has a new swing. Um, apparently it's shorter now. He's always had a good walk rate, so if you can just get those balls in play a little bit up and kind of sh show us a little more of the power he's shown us, um, I think that when he... So, for the record, in 2016, 230 plate appearances, two war. If you can show us a little bit more of that, I think we can get to three war. Uh, so that's Pats for Patties with positive catcher spot. Pot, cat, pot. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't involve him hitting above 100 WRC plus or anything crazy like that. Like, I still think he's going to be in the 90 range. But he was 77 in 2016. If you can get 90 out of Walters, then you're looking really good. And I think that it doesn't necessarily solve the catcher situation, but it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Um, you can just easily slot him into the you know, number one catcher role and leave Ionetta to... Who does he work with? Freeland and I think Freeland is really the only person he has to work with. And Tyler, I think. Maybe well, Tyler Anderson had a terrible year last. Well, not terrible. He had a forgettable year last year, so I don't know if we're really attached. Tyler's August was not that bad, I think. No, it wasn't August the one where he literally gave up a grand slam to Travis Shaw in the first inning. Yeah, but then I think he I think he like did better after that. I thought but he I figured it out about... like really late September. Because I remember we were all like, oh, God, it's Tyler Anderson on game 162. And then he was like, no, 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 I'm fixed. Don't worry about it. And then he threw <laughs> yeah, six yeah, innings. Yeah, and then we were talking ball. about sending him down in like August or something. Yeah. And then he finally turned it around barely. So the thing is, um, the other thing about Fangraphs releasing Catcher War is Tony Walters, great framer. I would love it if somehow Walters became like even more crafty and he's already quick-ish. We just started like laying on some like random bunts here and there. And then somehow got on base craftily and then stole a base or got spunted over. He's not, like, that that fast, but you just don't expect it. And the teams aren't going to, like, think about, like, oh, it's the catcher on the base. You know, they're not going to do their research and say, it's a catcher. He doesn't have much speed, you know? Yeah, he's sneaky. Um, but the other thing that when Fangraphs released their catching war was interesting is they released the uh, last 10 years of – Biggest declines over a 10-year period of catching framing. And you know who was three and four? Ionetta and Lucroy. Ionetta and Hundley. Where was Lucroy? Um, he had to be near the top. Well, he was so good for such a long time, then just went down. Yeah. It's like he forgot how to play the position all of a sudden. Yeah, dude, He's isn't he the backup catcher for the Angels? I don't think so. Mm, no, I'm... I'm pretty sure he's starting. He's starting. Yeah. Oh man, that that lineup's kind of crap. Let's see. So this is, they're sneaky. They're sneaky trash. bad. These are yeah, the things that happen with bad. with Tyler Anderson. Is uh, just going by game scores because that's easier. In June and August, there was an 84 and an 87 and a 59 and a 62, a 62, a 49. Then August 4th comes up, gets a game score of seven. Goes to Dodgers to 67. Then he gets a game score of three in Houston in August. Then goes to 40 oh, the next start. I then goes that to game. three in St. Louis, that St. Louis game. Terrible. And then 50. And then as soon as September hits, he goes 24, 60, 56, and 75 versus Washington on September 30th. Yeah, he had a great game. Oh, yeah, we shut out the Nationals, didn't we, on that last game? That was a great, that was a great ending. Chuck Cycles. So Sam, what's do you have any predictions since you didn't put anything in there? Um, the ninety-two wins, right? 
Yeah, I, I think he did say ninety two. I think ninety. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say ninety one to ninety three. So ninety two is about right. <laughs> um, my my prediction is mostly center around the pitching. I think Herman Marquez finishes top five Cy Young voting. John Gray has a sub three five e. I, I think I agree with that last one. Sub three five ERA and fifteen plus wins. And Kyle Freeland actually has a higher than three point five ERA and mm-hmm. less than fifteen wins. So let's. So are you on board with the Ryan McMahon David Dahl optimism that was shown in that? I think so. I'm not <laughs> as optimistic. Um, I think Dahl's probably a twenty home run guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think he's going to get 30 plus. I don't think he has that really that type of power. Um, but if he can give you 20 home runs, 30 doubles, I'd pe- feel real well, first off, he's got to stay healthy. So that's going to be a hot take in itself. Yeah. Um, but let's say he plays 140 games, gives you 20 home runs, 30 doubles. I feel really good about, um, doll. And then, yeah, I, I, <laughs> McMahon's. Preseason, I think I'm with you. Is just it's hard to ignore, um, and we've seen it from his uh, minor minor stats. And I I honestly could see thirty plus home runs from McMahon this season. Thirty plus. Yep. I mean, when I saw McMahon, he's he's a great player. I love Ryan McMahon, but I uh, I don't know about the home run home runs. He's going to hit the doubles for doubles a in long the gap. while. Yeah. Well, I think I think something well, to, yeah, to remember yeah. about Ryan McMahon is that he was a really good football player in high school as well. So he never really devoted full time to baseball until he got drafted by us, and he's still only twenty three. So he's only focused on baseball exclusively for five years. So that he's already shown how talented he is with not having that much focus to baseball. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, that's why I'm optimistic about this season is because of Dahl and McMahon. And those pitchers. So, what's your and what's your boldest one of those predictions? The bold one. Um, probably Herman Marquez wins the Cy Young. Ooh, the peripheral I'll, state's I'll possible. Double, I'll double down and say between Marquez, Gray, and Freeland, we have three pitchers in the top ten of Cy Young voting. I like that. This bullpen is finally a bull, or sorry, bullpen. This rotation is finally a rotation that, like, I feel very good about. It's oh, super yeah. weird to feel that way, though. Oh, I agree. Jack, yeah, Jack, bold, bold. Give us bold, Jack. Wade Davis, comeback player of the year. Nice, Zach, bold me, bold me up, Zach. Oh man, uh. I want to say Walters hits 275. Okay. That might be the boldest of Relax. all of ours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's enough for me. Yeah. I was like, all the other good ones were taken. I already did my gray thing, you know. I have no faith in the bullpen right now. I already did my Walters three war thing too, so I had to think of something <laughs> else. What if... Or, or even that Murphy just makes... Desmond actually hit, you know. That'd be great. Yes, oh, I like the idea of Desmond hitting 300 this year. That would have been a good hot take. Somebody already made that hot take. 
Uh, did someone say Desmond hit 300? It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a threat. It's just like, I want it to happen because I don't want, like, I don't wish ill on Desmond. I'd wish him to do better, but I also want Garrett Hampson playing because the speed threat. He'll play. Garrett Hampson will play. Let the kids play. Anyway, um, yeah, I think we're averaging out around like 88 wins between us just because of John. I'm sorry. Damn it, John. Damn it, John. Sorry. Um, but who knows? Thursday we have baseball. Yes, thank God. Real baseball. At like 2 in the afternoon on a Thursday. The hell. So take Miami. the day off of work, folks. Miami. Okay, other bold prediction. We don't lose three games in Miami to start the season. <laughs> Too bold. <laughs> Too bold. <laughs> Come, we'll actually, we play them four times. So. <laughs> Too bold still. Oh, yeah, Thursday, Friday. Sorry. Dude, my bold prediction is that we go three and one there. Too bold. That's, Too bold. <laughs> it's, bold. it's Miami. It's too bold. Uh, all right. Well, I think that about does it. Um, looking forward to some baseball. Thanks for joining yeah, thanks us, Thanks for Sam. joining us, Sam. Yeah, oh. dude, that was guys. That Thanks for having me. That was a lot of fun. Right on. Um, from everybody here at the pod, Jack, John, Sam, and myself, uh, we wish you well. Happy 2019 Rocky season. Let's go. Ooh. Wearing a purple, wearing a purple. Start wearing a purple.